Almighty God, bless the reading and hearing of your word. Let the Holy Spirit descend upon us that we may understand your word for us today. As your scriptures are read, as your word is heard, let the utterances of our mouths and the meditations in our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, by your Holy Spirit and your Holy Church. And let God's people say, Amen. Our first reading comes from Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 20. Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, Who are you, Lord? The reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless because they heard the voice but saw no one. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. For three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. He answered, Here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment he is praying, and he has seen a vision. A man named Ananias his hands on him, so that he might again regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem, and here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who invoke your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is an instrument whom I have chosen, to bring my name before Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. I myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias went and entered the house. He laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the way here has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and his sight was restored. Then he got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. For several days he was with the disciples in Damascus and immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogue saying, He is the Son of God. Our second reading for the day comes from Revelation chapter 5 verses 11 through 14. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels surrounding the throne and the living creatures and the elders. They numbered myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, singing with full voice. Worthy is the Lamb that was slaughtered to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them singing. To the one seated on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. 
This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our series this Easter season is about discovering hope and sometimes rediscovering it. And throughout much of it, we'll be looking at both Acts and Revelation because there's an interesting set of parallels that we get between the two. And today's we look at what it means to be chosen worthy. And we start Revelation. Shortly before the text that we have, John is sad because there's a scroll that no one can open. Except, as he finds out, the Lamb. Jesus is the one who can open it. He's the one who can find out about everything being made new. He can find out about what's going to happen. And he can find out everything because he is the one who is worthy. Worthy of all praise, of all riches, of all glory. And no one else compares. We get that picture of immense worthiness. And yet it contrasts greatly with our story about Saul. Saul, whom we usually know better as Paul, is not worthy. Not in any way, shape, or form. He's been busy trying to hunt down the followers of Jesus, trying to get them to be quiet, trying to throw them in jail, trying to beat them, and even see them stoned to death. And he's eager about it. He feels it is his duty to hunt them down and bring them back bound so that they can pay for their heresies and their crimes. Saul is about as far from worthy as we can imagine. But interestingly, Saul gets chosen. He gets chosen as worthy. That he is worthy of the Spirit, that he is worthy of attention, that he is worthy of healing. Because he has been chosen to spread the gospel message, the good news, to the Gentiles, to kings, and to the Jews in Jerusalem, and to spread it to the world. This man who breathed murder against the followers of Christ. We see that Ananias is not convinced that this is the case. He goes, look, I heard about this guy. I know what he's been doing. I don't know why you want me to go over there and help him. And the answer is, because Christ chose him. Saul gives us a great example of what it means to actually serve. Because he starts out his journey with wanting to do everything but Follow Christ. And yet he's chosen. Not because of what he had been doing. Not because of what he was on his way to go do. 
Saul was chosen because of who he could be and what he could accomplish with Christ. He was chosen because if he could change, he would make a monumental difference. And he does. So much so that most of the texts that we have in the New Testament are written by Saul. That Paul is a prolific letter writer, mentioned throughout Acts, mentioned throughout all of his letters, known wide and far. Reading his letters, it's hard to imagine him as somebody persecuting the church and trying to destroy it. But Jesus saw something more. The only one considered worthy chose Saul as being worthy to serve him. And it tells us something about the way that we are called to serve. The barrier could be set high, and it could be, well, you've got to make yourself worthy before you can even think about approaching. You have to make yourself worthy and you have to make yourself clean before you can even think that God will even take a second look at you. But that's not what Jesus shows us. He shows us that the people we would expect to never get chosen are the first ones invited to the table. That in his life, Jesus spent his time with the outcasts, the misfits, the people that society wanted nothing to do with, and invited them to the table. The same table that he invites us to now, the same table that he sets for us when our journey is complete. That he could say, well, you've got to make sure that you make yourself worthy to be welcomed into my Father's house. And instead, his response is, I have already made a place for you. I'm waiting for you to accept that I've chosen you. And he flips the whole situation on its head. Because I know there's nothing I could do to be considered worthy. I could spend a lifetime trying to do it. I know that Every day, there's something about me that won't quite get it right. And it might even be a moment. That flash of anger when I really didn't need to be angry. An unkind word when I lose my temper. No matter how quickly it's taken back, I've still made that mistake. And If I'm not perfect, how could I ever be worthy? The hope I have is that I'm not called to be perfect in my actions. Though I strive to be perfect in my faith, I know that I fall short in so many places. Being chosen by Christ, I'm made new. I'm given the chance to be set free, set free from sin, set free from death, and set free from my own doubts and my own worries, 
set free from all the expectations that I build up for myself where I see myself as a failure because I don't live up to my standards. And I'm set free that I can try. And I'm set free so that I can fail. Because I know that there are many things that I will try to do with the best of intentions and I will not get them done. But in Christ, I have the ability to try again. Because I'm reminded that I never have to give up. That I never have to stop trying to do good. That I never have to give up trying to be the best that I can to do the most that I can. That I'm free to love instead of hate. That I'm free to help instead of hurt. Because Christ accepts me. And he accepts you. Because he has chosen each and every one of you for who you are and for who you can be in him and who we can be together as his church. That we are drawn together to be the body of Christ, active in this world, proclaiming the good news. We are called to the table to be reminded that we are of one body, redeemed by one blood to serve one Savior. The only one who's worthy. Who finds worth in each and every one of us. It's a hope that we find because it gives us hope even in the darkest of days. It gives us hope that even when we feel like failures, like we have messed everything up that could ever be messed up, and we don't want to try again tomorrow because we're sure we're going to mess tomorrow up too, Christ is there to say, I know you're trying. And I love you for that. Because Jesus is the one who's worthy of all the praise and all the attention and of all the glory and he puts his focus on us. He puts his love and his effort into helping us. Because we are what matters in his eyes. And if the one who has been chosen is the only one who is worthy to see the new creation and to let it become, if he sees us as worthy, who are we to argue with that? We come together, not that we understand why Christ would love us, but we come together knowing that he does knowing that he has placed us together, that we may help each other and we may grow together and that we may discover what we are truly capable of in him. Seeing past our flaws, seeing past our faults, seeing past our anxieties and our worries and seeing past the things that 
make up who we were. Because in Christ, all things are made new, including you and including me. And a table has been set for us that we may come to it together to be reminded that we are worthy, to be reminded that we are together in Christ, to be reminded of all that has been given so that we may live, that we may have the boldness and the hope to act, the boldness and the hope to live a life as one who is chosen as worthy. And that we do it together. And we do it together in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is, who was, and who is yet to come. And who will always, always be there for you, for me, and for all who call on Him. From this life to the next. For all eternity. Amen.